Welcome to Hop On Calls, a short, tactical, and practical podcast for outbound sales professionals looking to level up their game by learning from actual cold calls that I make every week live on LinkedIn. My name is Kevin Hop, and I'm all about helping outbound sales professionals hone their craft and build high quality pipeline. Let's dive right in and see what we can learn in this episode. Howdy, everybody. Uh, Kevin Hop coming to you live with Hop on Calls powered by Kixie. Big shout out to our sponsor, Kixie, your all-in-one business telephony solution. We're going to be using the Power Dialer feature today, but you can simply, easily build multi-channel campaigns inside of Kixie where you can use text messaging. We can use triggers inside of HubSpot, inside of Salesforce. It's got deep integrations. If you haven't checked out Kixie, please go do so. I'm rocking my Thanksgiving shirt today because we're getting close to the holiday. We are going to have a show next week. Ryan Paris from Superhuman is going to join us and make some cold calls. Changing things up a little bit this week. And the change up is just that we are going to be going over the golden rules of cold calling. As you guys all know, I'm a bit of an outbound calling geek, freak, all of the things in between. What that means is, <clears throat> is I have an entire set of rules that I use when I teach cold calling. I'm going to give you guys a free masterclass and what that looks like while simultaneously cold calling, going outbound, right? So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to do two things at once, and we're going to take theory, which you guys see a lot of on LinkedIn. You see a lot of theory. You see a lot of people saying, here's what you should do. Here's what you should do. Here's the way you should do this. And we're going to put it into practice. This is the ultimate blend of theory and practice. In my earbud right here, I have it connected to Kixie. And we are going to jump in the queue. Golden rules of cold calling. Let's talk a little bit about this. The first one is your prospect is not interested yet. Okay, yet is really important there. The, the, just the, the first thing that people might see and feel when they hear my prospect is not interested is they might get a little bit upset about that and say, well, they're not interested. Why would I even call them in the first place? Well, it turns out that if every person out there had the solution to all their problems, sales wouldn't exist. Voila, right? What is sales, people? Sales is change. Sales is getting people to change things. Getting people to go from doing one thing to doing another, that is sales. That's why salespeople make their money. If you haven't figured that out, I hope that that realization kind of comes over you. Now, the next thing that I always tell the SDRs that I train, and I have four clients right now where I'm building SDR teams with them, and the first thing we talk about when we have a lead list that we look at is, I say, hey, guys, first things first, nobody on this list is interested. Nobody on the list is interested. Now that we know that, what should we do now? Okay, so now we know no one's interested. Now, when they tell me on the phone, yeah, I'm not interested. We are not, oh my God, you're not interested? That's incredible. That's not gonna be our reaction. Our reaction instead is going to be, I understand you're not interested. And a lot of our best customers weren't interested when I first reached out to them. Not interested is a quick bump, and it's usually a really cheap objection. Now, what do I mean by a cheap objection? Cheap objection is something called the false negative, right? I'm going to write this down because it's a super important thing to realize, right? False negative. 
what is the false negative? It's what happens when we call lists of people who are not interested, which is basically every cold list, but it's a process that you go through. The false negative is the cheap objection that you get that you might take at face value as, oh, they just told me they're not interested in the first seven seconds of the call. Therefore, I can never sell my solutions to this company. <clears throat> Wrong. The false negative indication of interest, okay? False negative means it's an incorrect feeling you're going to get from an interaction. The most common reasons that people say they're not interested and the most common reasons for a false negative is because people are busy. They're just busy, right? They're busy and they, they get someone in the ear and they go, ah, I'm not interested. Ah, take me every list. Bye. They throw it down, right? We have to fight the false negative at all times. And by fighting the false negative, we're going to get into actual business conversations going back and forth. And that's what we want. Okay. That is what we want. We want to make sure that we can go back and forth with people and have a valuable conversation about business problems and valuable solutions, right? That's the goal. Okay. So now that we know your prospects aren't interested, the goal of sales development is to have the conversation with somebody and get them to the point that they could show interest, okay? The goal of the conversation is not to find out who's interested because I can tell you before you even call, they're not interested, okay? Golden rule number one is if you understand they're not interested, that's a cheap objection and we're not gonna take it at face value. That's the first thing to realize, okay? Hope that makes sense. Now, what's golden rule number two here? Conversations are king. To the point that I just made around not interested. The only way you're going to find out if someone is actually interested, actually potentially in the market, might have the business problems and the looking for valuable solutions is to have the conversation, um, the conversation with somebody. So conversations are king is the idea that when you're going outbound, we're not just simply calling someone to say, hi, my name is Kevin. Are you looking to buy what I sell today? Goodbye. Right. If, if cold calling was seriously only about calling someone right away to see if they're ready to buy, then we could automate that. We don't need a rep. Why, why would we pay somebody you know, good money to get on the phone? Hey, this is Kevin with Uncommon. How are you doing today? Oh, shoot. It dropped off. Um, hold on. Yeah, she dropped off there. I think we're going to double tap this lady, though. You ready? Boop -a -doo. Click redial target in Kixie. Trying to reach Irene. And she didn't pick up. All right. Well, I thought we had an exciting little callback there. I did hear her say hello, and then she dropped off right away. That's going to happen. That is going to happen. Okay, so conversations are king. This is the idea that when we are calling people, the goal is to have a straight-up back-and-forth conversation. It's not to show up, pitch our product, hope they say they're ready, and leave. Right? That is yeah. not how it works. Hey, hello. this is Kevin. I was looking for Sergio. Cool. Yeah. Sergio, how you doing? I can hear a lot of background noise. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Sergio, might not be uh, a good time this? to chat, huh? Uh, who's this? Yeah, my name's Kevin. I'm with Uncommon. 
But hey, it sounds like I caught you at a bad time. I'll, I'll reach out another time. All right. Whoa, 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 whoa. So that guy. Um, so, so this is, this is a really little fun example, right? When, when you pop into a cold call and you can't even hear what they're saying and there's so much background noise and like things going on, which this guy sounded like he was getting his house redone. Um, who knows? But when you can't hear what they're saying, a lot of reps, because they're so excited, they just got into the conversation. They're trying to have conversations, right? Trying to have conversations. Um, they will pitch. And they will move forward and be like, okay, so I can't really hear you, but so I'm calling with blah, blah, blah. And, we did that. and then the person on the line is just sitting there like this. Like, you know, they can't hear you if they can't, they, they only pick up the phone because they have this general curiosity of this person could be giving me money, telling me something about my family. It could be the police. It could be, right? The reasons that people pick up the phone when they're not in a good situation to pick up the phone is this insatiable curiosity that humans have. Right. And, and all of you listening out there that make cold calls, you know what I'm talking about. People pick up the phone when they're very busy, when they're literally like, you know, I got two things of coffee over here. I got the dog. I got a little kid strapped to my back. I'm walking up a mountain in the snow. They will drop the dog and the coffee to pick up a cold call and say, hello, who is this? And you're like, oh, my God, like, are you, are you in a good place to talk? Like, what? why did you pick up the phone? I don't understand. Right. They will do that because there is a deep seated, like I argue it's like, you know, this, this evolutionary thing in us to be so curious about who's calling us. Someone's calling on you. It's like, Ooh, yeah. Right. People love to answer questions, right? What's, what's the, what's the thing that every 16 year old girl does on Facebook and Instagram? AMA, ask me anything. AMA, everyone loves to answer questions and a cold call is like a question. They want to answer it. They want to know who is this, but they are not ready. <clears throat> they are not ready to have the actual conversation. Um, all right. So let's, let's move on here in my dials. Boom, boom. Sergio was not ready for a conversation. I'm cool with that. Conversations are king uh, is our second golden rule of cold calling. Let's do another one here. Fat stacks in the circle backs. Now, if you followed me for any period of time, you have heard this golden rule of cold calling. Fat stacks in the circle backs is the idea that the hardest thing that we're doing is actually what I'm doing right now. The thing that a lot of the gurus and a lot of the influencers out there are very scared to do, which is make net new cold calls to ice cold prospects. That's as hard as it gets, people. And if you get good at this part of it, guess what? You get to follow up. Man, follow-ups are amazing. Hi, this is Tyler. Hi, Tyler. Kevin here with uh, Uncommon. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I am doing great, but I know I caught you a bit out of the blue here. Uh, do you have a second to have a cold conversation? Um, I actually have a meeting that I need to run into right now. Um, oh. Is there any way you can send me an email? I could totally send you an email. I actually have a, me I have a meeting at 1020, which is in four minutes. Is your meeting at that time too? Because we can get done what we need to get done in about four minutes. Um, I'm already one minute late to my meeting. So, oh, um, it was a 10 yeah, 15 meeting. Run. All right, Tyler. All right, I'll let you go. Have a great yeah. day. Bye bye. Thanks. Thanks. Oh, bummer. All right. So, Tyler was a live one, but he said he had to run to a meeting. So, one of the things to keep notice of, and you can keep notice of this just simply by 
understanding when someone says that they're walking into a meeting, look at what time you're calling, right? For me right now, I'm sitting in San Diego, California. It's 10, 16 a.m. 10, 16, I don't know about you guys. I don't set a lot of meetings for 10, 16, right? Even like on the 15 minutes is a very rare time to set a meeting. So as a way for me to kind of check and see if Tyler was actually walking into a meeting or if it was a cheap objection and I was just telling him, hey, this is going to be a brief conversation we're going to have. I said, hey, look, I got a meeting coming up too. I got to run, but it's at 1020 because on the on the, on the the 10 minute increments is generally kind of when meetings start, but 1020 would be weird too. I don't know, but Tyler still would not take the call, which is a bummer. So we will send him a follow-up email, which I can do with two clicks using a templated response. If you guys aren't doing templates for your follow-ups, then you should be doing it. I gotta learn how to point to this. Here we go, like this. Fat stacks in the circle backs. Okay, so as the dialer is ringing in my ear, the next thing that we want to really understand here is follow-ups are going to be one of the biggest areas that you get meetings from, okay? Follow-ups are gonna be huge for you. So here's what a cold calling campaign should look like, right? And I've replicated this time and time again with my clients, you can ask any of them, right? A cold calling campaign is going to look like this. Boom. Now, what does that mean? It means that over time, when we're doing net new, net new, net new, net new calls, we're gonna get some success. But over time, we're gonna end up actually building follow-ups, right? So the amount of cold calling you're doing will go slightly down, but needs to stay constant. You're always gonna be doing cold calling, but at some point you log in, you have a cold list of let's call it 200 people, but your follow-up list is like 55 people. And that's when you see the meeting, the meetings actually start coming from follow-ups, right? Because you build this mountain of follow-ups. Now, who goes into a follow-up? This might be an interesting question that um, procedurally, if you're listening, watching this, you can take this to the bank and take this right to your daily practice. I put people like Tyler in a, in a follow-up, right? Because I connected with him. I know that's his number. I'm pretty sure he still works where he works because he, he said he was busy walking into a meeting. Even if he doesn't work where he works, he's a busy guy, which means he's probably not, you know, what are the common things you run into? Oh, I retired five years ago. I'm unemployed and no longer work there, blah, 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 blah. So trying to, oh, that was a voicemail. Shoot, skip on the next one. Um, trying to get a hold of people on the phone is hard enough. So when you can identify that someone has this number and picks up and they have, that you could reach them on that number, that is worth following up, right? So this follow-up list over time builds itself so that you don't have to do as much cold calling. And I know it's kind of rare that I'm not just saying like, cold calling is the only way to do it. Like, look, cold calling is just simply putting net new oper- like net new attempts to connect with people that you don't know out there. That's what we're trying to do. You shouldn't be cold calling if you know everybody, right? You only cold call to get net new relationships, net new conversations, things coming in the door that weren't there before, period, end of sentence. That's what cold calling is for, okay? Over time, our follow-ups will stack up to the point that you get more meetings from your follow-up list than from your cold calling list. But here's like the 
the sad, sad truth about this for all you people out there thinking, well, all I got to do is get, get past the first month of cold calling and all I do is get my meetings from the follow-ups, right? Now, if you stop cold calling, if this goes all the way down to zero and you're not making cold calls, right? So here's the, here's cold calls and here's follow-ups, FU. You don't have a lot of them to start. If you stop cold calling, you know, this is like zero calls. Your follow-ups will tank, right? It's a funnel. It's a funnel. Anyone out there with the background of marketing understands funnels. And a lot of sales folks do as well. But your cold calling process should be a funnel where you're constantly putting into the top of the funnel, constantly having conversations. But those conversations are netting into follow-ups, right? And the fact that you are having those cold conversations constantly means you're going to have constant follow-ups and your follow-ups are higher value connections. The odd, like your, your conversion rate on a follow-up call versus a cold call should be significantly higher. And now I'm talking like 20 to 30% higher, right? Once I've, you've heard my name, once you've heard my company, once we've had some sort of conversation back and forth and I know who you are and that you pick up your phone, that conversion rate should go way up as opposed to a cold call where I'm calling a list right now where part of what I'm trying to do is just determine who picks up the phone at what number when, right? There's a data component to this, right? And thank God I have Kixie, which makes it so easy. The dialer is running over here. Um, we are calling. I'm calling a chief people officer right now, right now named Deirdre. Shout out to Deirdre, by the way. That's an interesting name. So fat stacks in the circle backs, everybody. Remember to have a process, a documented process for how you do follow-ups. Do you have an interesting follow-up process? I want to hear about it in the comments. I'd love to hear about that. So the next golden rule of cold calling here. Business problems and valuable solutions. Anyone that's worked with me in a coaching capacity has seen me do this. And probably probably a lot of you tuned into the live see me do this. Now, what I do this for is when reps are making cold calls, even when I'm making cold calls, I have to remember that the purpose of the call is not just to find someone who's going to buy my stuff today. The purpose of the call is not to throw up a pitch and have them go, yes, I want to buy, yeah. The purpose of the call is to have conversations. Remember, conversations are king about business problems and valuable solutions, right? So oftentimes when I'm coaching BDRs, we'll get off of the, they'll get off of the call and I'll ask them, what did we find there? On Zoom, I'm like, hey, what did you find there? And if they can't point, they can't name for me a business problem or a potential valuable solution that that prospect is actually interested in based on what they said then they shouldn't book the meeting, right? I think one of the most common mistakes you find reps making is they go to book the meeting, coffee is for closers, close on every single call, every single cold call, you're just trying to book a meeting. You shouldn't. You should not be booking a call if it doesn't make sense. If there's no business problem or valuable solution that you have found, okay? That is king, business problems and valuable solutions. And that's all we got for today's episode of Hop On Calls, powered by Kixie. Be sure to tune into the live recordings every Tuesday on LinkedIn. We'd love to have your comments. 
reactions, questions. It's a really good learning environment for anyone that is looking to do outbound sales better. If your organization is actively focusing on this, feel free to reach out to me, Kevin Hop, on LinkedIn or go to hopconsultinggroup.com. I'll see you next time. Cheers.